1: He's not exactly going to be referred to as the other guy all week because we're going to sit here and question whether or not he can deliver when it matters the most. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio on Sirius XM channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can you can just lock in on the podcast and i'm just kind of wondering as i say that why you wouldn't do that uh, thus my hesitancy joe why wouldn't you be subscribed to the podcast already if you missed any of the show i myself i missed some of the show the other day even though i hosted it and i went back and listened to it and it was so easy and convenient it wasn't even funny i've yet to actually catch any of the show yeah uh, i hear it's good no seriously it is it is available wherever you get all your podcasts. It is Carlin versus <laughs> Joe. We are getting it done. Brought to you by Granger, just like Brock Purdy. And that is where we begin this hour. Will the Super Bowl moment be too big for Brock Purdy. Well, let's just start it uh, by hearing from Michelle Beisner's Bucks Bucks uh, Bucks interview with Brock Purdy who was asked about what it's like to be called a game manager.
0: I think it's sort of funny just because you know, we're winning. I think over time I might get some respect, but more than anything, it hasn't been about proving people wrong or any of that. It's, it's always been about you know, just proving myself right. You know, over time I've told myself that, you know, I'm good enough and I'm worthy enough to be playing at this level, and over time I'll prove that to myself.
1: Joseph, I I don't really sit here and worry about Brock Purdy in the big moment. I kind of feel like he has a coolness about him that I would be surprised if he panicked in a big spot.
2: First off, on this game manager thing, it's so lazy and I can't believe we're still discussing it. Yeah. Game manager was typically reserved and this is not meant to be a slight against anybody. But we typically reserved it for, I, there are two names that come to mind. Can you guess the two names I'm thinking of? <sighs> who are two of the most notorious, no, I don't want to say notorious, two of the most famous game managers in NFL history. I'll open it up to Wilner and the Handman as well, if either one of you can come up with this. Now, this most isn't of- a definitive answer. I'm sure there's other suggestions you can bring up, but who would be the two I'm thinking of?
1: Trent Dofer. Correct. That's exactly who I was thinking of.
2: And then if you got that, you know the other one, because it happened right in the same window. Uh, Brad Johnson. Boom. Brad yeah. Johnson. Brad Johnson, quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won a Super Bowl. They were the best defense in the NFL. Trent Dilfer, quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. They won a Super Bowl, best defense in the NFL. That has typically been the definition of the game manager. The guy that has a good running game, elite defense. He doesn't throw it much. They don't score a ton on offense, but they win a lot of games. San Francisco's number two in the NFL in scoring this year. They were one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL last year. That's not a game manager. Why do we use the term game manager to define this kid? Do you know why? Because we're all so ignorant as to how we're supposed to evaluate who he is and what he does. Because he wasn't the first overall pick or because he wasn't a first rounder, we're not programmed to think he could be good. If you're a first round pick, our brains are programmed to say, this is supposed to be a good quarterback. If you are a fifth or a sixth or a seventh round pick, you're programmed to say, this kid's probably not any good. Right? Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick, but we all forget about that at this point. Brady, we forget about the sixth-round thing because they've gone out and they've done so much. But because we always hear about the Mr. Irrelevant, we have to assume he's managing games. He's not managing games. He won the NFC Championship game. He was the one making the plays in the second half. So I want to take the game manager thing, and if nothing else, I want to throw that in the incinerator this week so we're done talking about it leading to the Super Bowl. If the Niners were scoring 15 points per game – Okay, but they win because of Brock Purdy in some spots, not despite him. Game managers are guys who just don't screw the game up and have these elite defenses. The Niner
1: defense isn't even all that elite. It's insulting to Brock Purdy, for sure, because just take a listen to what those two guys did, just to your two points, okay? Brad Johnson, the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl, 13 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Yeah. Like, That's a game manager. There you go. Trent Dilfer, The year the Ravens won the Super Bowl. Twelve touchdowns, eleven interceptions. In in eight games, threw for fifteen hundred yards. But guess what? They were seven and one. Because it was a dominant, dominant team on the defensive side of the ball. Those are game managers. Game managers don't throw 31 touchdowns in a season. Jeff. No, no, they, they don't. don't do it.
2: They don't win the NFC championship game because the defense couldn't get stops. Like it's not like the Niners defense was very good in the NFC championship game. They weren't that great against the Packers. It's not like the Niners ran the ball for 250 yards with Christian McCaffrey. He's very good. Don't get me wrong. But the idea of the game manager thing still being a narrative You're not a game manager when you are going out there, throwing the ball all over the yard, running all over the field, making plays, winning NFC championship games. Those are not game managers. Those are gamers. He's a gamer. All right, Get over the fact that he was drafted last overall. Get over the fact that he has a good coach. Get over the fact that he has a good supporting cast. So does Mahomes. Mahomes has a good head coach. Mahomes for years had a great supporting cast. No one thought game manager because he slung the ball all over the field, made a ton of plays, and scored a lot of points. That's what Purdy's doing. It's just because he was the last pick in the draft, we assume there's no way this guy could actually be good because we've been programmed to think seventh-round picks are awful. (laughs) Sometimes that's not the case, right? Just because it hasn't happened before
1: doesn't mean it can't happen. Well, I mean, to that point, listen to Jed York, the 49ers CEO, or his press conference talking about when Kyle Shanahan knew that party was going to be the guy.
2: You know, Last year in in preseason, I think week one of training camp, which you have a, a quarterback that we're paying, I think, $20 million to... You have a guy that you drafted with investing three first round picks into, and he grabs me after practice. He's like, hey, hey man, we, we, we gotta talk. And that's generally not a good thing when your coach <laughs> tells you you gotta talk. I'm like, all right, what's up? And he's like, uh, I think our third string quarterback's our best quarterback. I'm like, okay. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, he's like, obviously, like, we've invested in Trey, Like Trey's doing a good job. Like, we're gonna do everything that we can. We're not gonna change that. And we're not going to change the chart, the depth chart, but like, I, I, I think Brock will end up being our quarterback at some point.
1: Now, we know why he ended up there, for injury reasons and such. But when he's been on the field, he has done nothing to dispel that thought process outside of a couple of bad games here and there, especially the one against Baltimore. But this is why, Joe, Like, I'm not looking at Brock Purdy and thinking, can he handle this? You know, I'm, like, I, I'm not worried about him really just tanking in the Super Bowl. I'd be shocked if that happened. I think the question should be more narrowly focused
2: from a game script perspective as to can Brock Purdy handle the first quarter jitters. That's what I'm most interested okay, to see. I agree fair. with you. I agree with you. The kid can play. They they all have
1: it. It's a Super of Bowl. Course, for of course,
2: of course, everyone. They're humans. They're humans. You're gonna have jitters. How are you gonna handle the opening ten minutes of that game? Because when you have a point spread this tight and an opponent this good. Every minute's going to matter in this game. You're not going to be able to throw away a lot. You threw away the first half against the Packers and Jordan Love. You were lucky that you were able to come back and get them. You threw away a large portion of that game against the Lions. You're lucky Campbell was making the decisions he was making and that the Lions were executing the way they were executing to give you the opportunities to walk through the door. Kansas City, very unlikely they afford you those opportunities. Opening 10 minutes are going to be huge. I think it's more on Shanahan and the ability of the team to just execute early, have some easy plays under Purdy's belt – Don't ask him to do too much. Try to build a rhythm early. Establish a couple first downs. Flip the field if you need to punt. And just get settled into the game. Once you're settled into the game, everything will be fine. But early on, it's going to be huge. And that's where the Niners struggled. Early against Green Bay, it was a bad plan. Early against Detroit, it was a bad plan. If you go down 14-0 to Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey's rushing abilities are suddenly taken out of the game, you're going to have a big problem with Purdy dropping back 50 times trying to beat one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. So I I think it's all about Purdy's ability to handle the first couple drives in this game. That's going to be fascinating to watch because you want to get Christian McCaffrey involved early and often and take some of the pressure off the kid's shoulders. Or, counterpoint, do you just come out and let him sling the pill all over the field?
1: Probably. Part Part of me has always believed in the idea of showing a little early confidence in the guy. But I also... It is the Super Bowl. It's a little different, right? It's not just... Starting a playoff game or anything like that, it's, it's a Super Bowl. So do I want to go out there and throw and and call four pass plays in a row and take a shot deep and put myself behind the sticks immediately? I don't think I want to do that.
2: You cannot lose the Super Bowl. You can't win the Super Bowl in the opening 10 minutes. You can lose you, it. You can lose it. Like, if yep. you go back to that Denver-Seattle Super Bowl, do you remember oh my God. Manning and the Broncos? They lost that game instantaneously.
1: Yeah, that safety there,
2: disaster.
1: Everything. It, it was over from the get-go.
2: There are performances that teams come out flat early. They make a couple mistakes and they never get back into the game. For the Niners, that's going to be paramount. Coming out with a good opening script, take a few minutes off the clock. At the very least, flip the field if you need to punt it away. Do not jam yourself up early. You will not be able to storm back against these guys like you did against those other two teams. It's not going to happen.
1: Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, also on the ESPN app. Well, then you got the other side. Is the Chiefs' dominance of the AFC just going to continue as it has six straight AFC championship games, or is it maybe about to end? It's next, Carlin vs. Joe on ESPN Radio, including on the iHeartRadio app.
3: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: This is about the best player in the history of the game, Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady could be the GOAT because he got the Super Bowls. He's the best player in the history of the game. We are taking for granted greatness. If he wins the Super Bowl and he walks away, his career is better than those that we have considered in that GOAT conversation at different times. Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, etc. He's
1: better. Nothing is really going to stop him unless he gets hurt. He really feels like he's not slowing down. So I think if I had to choose one, I'm going to bet on him to be the greatest. I'm going to bet on him to win four more. It's hard to imagine a scenario where the Chiefs are going to fall off considering what's going on here with Patrick Mahomes in the last six years since he's been a starter. He's been in the AFC Championship game at least five, uh, six times every year and now four Super Bowls. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. So Joe, like is everybody else, just fighting the uphill battle right now and is that going to continue? So we, we put together this idea of are these teams – closer to the chiefs than they may appear like you know what it says on the little side view mirror yeah okay very clever closer than they appear very clever
2: although now it doesn't really even matter because cars just start beeping and lighting up if you're going to make that move anyway so true
1: true or they just hit you directly and they don't even bother but yeah here's rubbin's racing for the point of it you know this is what we're doing for the bit okay so let's commit to the pitch shall we i'm ready all right
3: the buffalo bills
1: are they closer than they appeared to the chiefs joseph uh no
2: i think they're the same i i would love to say i think the team is going to be solid continuing moving forward because if the reason the chiefs are so great is because of their quarterback well the quarterback's going to stay the same in buffalo moving forward they've got some things they need to adjust but defensively they were ravaged by injuries last year and if that's a healthy defense in that afc divisional round game they beat Kansas City. So I'm good. They're they're where they need to be. They're as close as they've ever been.
1: And I still think that's a mile apart, unfortunately, for the Bills at this point. They, they don't find ways to get over the hump in these games. You're right about the defense being healthy. I'll be curious to see what it looks like next year, but I don't think that they are closer than they appear.
3: The Los Angeles Chargers.
1: They're closer just by the virtue of their head coach, being hiring Jim Harbaugh puts you in a a next level in terms of your stature and where you are headed now the chargers do have major cap issues so i do wonder what that uh how that will play out this offseason and what they're going to look like next year but i would say you add Harbaugh immediately it takes you to that next level
2: yeah but the answer is no and here's why it's do objects in mirror appear closer Right? Are they closer than they appear? Be- Everyone knows they've hired Harbaugh. Everyone thinks they're closer as a result. They're not that close. They've got some work to do. He's going to be an excellent head coach. But now that everyone's all up in arms about how great this team's going to be, the salary cap's a mess. Austin Eckler's an unrestricted free agent. Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. He's coming off an injury. Mike Williams is hurt seemingly every single year. Defensively, Joey is always hurt. Khalil Mack is coming off a career year, which go read Soccernomics if you want to see how career years are followed up. The, the defense alone has been bottom five in the NFL over the last four years in terms of scoring defense if you aggregate the last four years they are a bottom five unit Harbaugh is going to make them better but did you see he's thinking about bringing in Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator yeah the same Greg Roman who was run out of Baltimore and that was supposed to make everything better for the Ravens is the guy that's going to make Justin Herbert and the Chiefs better I scratch my head I start to think huh Is it Roman that was the problem in Baltimore, or is it perhaps something else? Because Jim and John are brothers, they're close, and Jim's got no problem bringing on the guy that John just
1: ran off. There's one thing about Jim, he values the guys who have been in his inner circle for a while, and he trusts those guys. That's Roman, that's why he brought Jesse Minter from Michigan. The Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know how you couldn't think that they were closer. Uh, When you're getting Joe Burrow back, that immediately brings you closer, and look, If there's one team that has kind of been the Chiefs kryptonite over the last few years, it's been Burrow and the Bengals. So, yeah, they're closer. It doesn't look like it's an injury
2: that's long-term debilitating for Burrow, right? If it was one of those injuries that you think like Achilles and you start talking about explosion or some other things that are out there, you start to get concerned. But by all accounts, he should come back healthy. They've got some things to figure out with guys like T. Higgins and how they want to approach the defense. But the Bengals are legit because the Bengals don't fear anybody. That's the problem with Buffalo. Buffalo fears Kansas City. Buffalo tightens up against Kansas City. The Bengals don't tighten up against anybody. You've always got to be worried about a team like that.
3: The Baltimore Ravens.
1: They're not closer than they were. They're not. And that one had to take a lot out of them, Joe. They may be a little bit further back. Certainly emotionally, they're further back after losing that AFC championship game the way they did. That was just a horrible performance. And When you've got one team that executes when they need to and the other team that doesn't and then takes advantage of those mistakes, I can't say that you're closer. Fire them into the sun. They're not closer. There's no reason
2: to buy into this team ever again. And maybe that's dramatic, but you're not going to have a path more tailor-made for a run at the Super Bowl than what you just got. That was everything. Your division's a mess. Okay, Burrow goes down with an injury. The Steelers can't figure out the quarterback situation. The Browns are playing five different guys at quarterback. That's not going to be the case next year. It's not going to be the case ever again that the division sets up so nicely for you. Then, because the Chiefs are stumbling, because the Bills stumbled, because no one else was able to rise up, you're able to secure the one seed. And with the one seed, you did nothing. You won a home game against Houston. They're only getting better okay? You beat them, you face the Chiefs on your home turf, you've got the rest advantage, the health advantage, a new look offense, right? You finally had the weapons, you finally got the offensive coordinator, and you stunk to join up. No reason to believe these guys are anywhere closer. They'll be great in the regular season again, and then there's no reason to believe the playoffs will be any different,
1: because it's always the same story with that operation. Speaking of firing a team into the sun...
3: The Miami Dolphins.
1: Please. Just go away. We, we don't have to talk about you until you actually show something that's worthy of us talking about. I don't know. Like I, I,
2: I want to get excited about them. I really do.
1: America's wanted to get excited about them for the last year and a half. And what's happened? They've done nothing but disappoint you. They can't beat and, anybody. Exactly. You cannot win an important game until you do. Psh, off into the sun. I
2: mean, at some point you got to figure they figure it out. I, they're, they're, they're. Yeah, you they're keep moving on that little they're, bait they're, there, Cowboys. It's just they're moving in the right you. direction. Like they're a team that's uh. taking positive steps, but no one gives them any credit, right? No one gives them. Any, well, you haven't beaten anyone. Okay, that's fair. But, but they what won more games do they deserve. They won more games this year than last year. Last year they won more games than they did the year before that. They're getting better. They're showing progress. This idea that everyone needs to be the Houston Texans and flip it around in five minutes is absurd. The Dolphins are trending in the right direction. This is the year to put pressure on them.
1: Yeah, hit the bricks.
3: The Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Uh, This is just disappointing what happened this year. They're not closer. I mean, Joe, you know me, beginning of the year, Jaguars going to be in the AFC Championship game. How'd that work out for me? Not Not good. It was very, very, I mean, I don't know how you can look at them otherwise than using the word disappointment. So until proven otherwise, I can't believe that they're closer than they actually appear. They appear appear like they are a good couple miles back.
2: They got to toughen up. They got to toughen up. The thing with them, they need to go out and overpay for some vocal leader in free agency like one of those guys that might be on the downside of his career from a physical performance standpoint but a guy that can come into the locker room and establish the culture remember when the Rangers brought Messier back Mm. and Messier cleared out the locker room like he did the famous story about tipping over the training table in the middle of the room because he wanted to be able to make eye contact with everybody Messier wasn't in his prime then but as a leader it's exactly what that team needed that's what Jacksonville needs. Jacksonville's soft, man. S-O-F-T, soft. They got pushed around in way too many games last year, and late in the season when they faced adversity, they just turtled up and went into a cave. They need someone that's going to come in and toughen them up because if they get that done, they're right back to competing in the AFC.
3: The New York Jets.
2: <laughs> We're actually going to put them in this, huh? Okay, sure. I'll indulge. Go ahead, Carlin. Do we have to? I mean, go ahead and indulge. No.
1: That's my answer. I don't know. Rodgers is coming back. Rodgers is going to save him. That's great. Uh, that's awesome. I think Salah's back. back.
2: They didn't uh, want to make any changes. Front office is back. Coaching's back. Quarterback's coming back. It looks good, doesn't it?
1: Uh, i tell you what. It's encouraging when you read stories uh, like what we saw last week of reports of, you know, the, the head coach is so worried about leaks that he's demanding everybody's cell phones. That yeah. makes, you know what? That, that, that usually breeds, goes over well yeah you know what that breeds confidence not not at all breeding paranoia oh my god what a story they're going to be next year
2: i cannot (sighs) wait can someone get me greeny's summer vacation schedule so i can make sure when he's off summer vacation i'm ready to go i want to be able to watch and consume every piece of greeny jets content heading into week one next year because you know he's going right back on the train oh absolutely he's going right back on the train and he's going to be disappointed again Oh, absolutely. This time it'll be pretty delicious for the rest of us.
1: Yeah. I can't wait for number eight, Charlie Brown to pull that football away too. Or Lucy. That's going to be ugly.
2: I'm sure the draft will go just fine. The draft and free agency will be
1: fine. Carlin versus Joe. ESPN radio, Sirius XM channel 80. They've never had to overpay to get somebody to join them. No, not at all. Uh, Joseph, in moments, we spoke of Caleb Williams, and maybe there's a larger possibility that he ends up in Washington now that the commanders have hired Cliff Kingsbury. But does he actually try to force his way there? His college coaches Mm. weighed in on that topic. You're going to hear it right after I tell you about this from our friends at Indeed. Well, my friends at Indeed. Maybe not yours. (laughs) Because, again, Indeed, to be read by Carlin, if possible, you know, unless he's unavailable, we'll shut it down then, if that's the case. It's the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. There's no better time or better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Next to hassle. Start hiring at slash credit.
3: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase. The Commanders are hiring Cliff Kingsbury
1: to be their offensive coordinator. He spent last fall as USC's quarterbacks coach, meaning
4: he worked directly with Caleb Williams. Are the Bears as sure on Caleb Williams? Might they keep Justin Fields? Would they be okay with trading back to two and taking Drake May? Chicago,
3: they have a pretty terrible track record (laughs) developing quarterbacks there. It's not that Washington has a great history either, but having your college quarterbacks coach and a location might make it a little bit more comfortable for a
1: quarterback like Caleb Williams. So, what exactly now is going to happen that Cliff Kingsbury has become the offensive coordinator in Washington? Does it mean that you're going to see Caleb Williams force his way to Washington? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, SiriusXM, Channel 80. So, Joseph, quite quickly, let's take a little spin, a little whip around, if you will, to the two places that are most affected by this Washington and Chicago. First, we asked this question to John Keim, who, of course, uh, covers the Washington Commanders for ESPN NFL Nation, and had this to say about the possibility that maybe it's a little stronger that Caleb Williams becomes a Washington commander now that Cliff Kingsbury is there. Cliff Kingsbury arrival in Washington has led to speculation about whether or not the commanders will try to trade up for the number one pick in the draft. After all, Kingsbury helped coach USC quarterback Caleb Williams last fall, and Williams has proven to be a good fit in the air raid offense run by Kingsbury. But will Washington want to surrender the draft capital it might take to move up even one spot? Team officials know the roster needs a lot of work. And keep in mind, Drake May played in a similar air raid offense at North Carolina, as did current Commanders quarterback Sam Howell. They could also determine that Jaden Daniels is a better fit. In other words, all options remain open. Listen. I think it's if you're Washington, you certainly have to look a lot harder at it and what that cost is going to be. And keep this in mind, Joe. Remember, you know, with their trades of Montez Sweat, Chase Young, they've got extra picks. They've got five picks first three rounds this year.
2: They got a ton of salary cap space as well. Washington is a dream destination. Dan Quinn landed a great job. New ownership. Everything about it should get you fired up comes down to the evaluation not of Caleb Williams, but of Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and any other options at the quarterback position. Because if you can stick it to draft a guy like Daniels and he turns out to be a franchise guy, you're good. You can deploy all those assets elsewhere. If you truly believe Caleb Williams is generational, you truly believe he's generational and the other guys are just eh, average, could be okay, go make the move. You see what happens with a generational quarterback. If you've got someone to that caliber you will compete for a long period of time as long as that person's healthy. All the teams with good quarterbacks compete. The teams without good quarterbacks don't compete. It's as simple as that in the NFL.
1: Yeah, all you have to do is look at Houston, look at a couple of these other teams, as you've mentioned, with Burrow and Cincinnati. But what does this mean now for Chicago? We asked our guy Mark Silverman. uh, Sylvie, of course, host of Waddle & Sylvie on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Well, obviously, they're trying to make it where... Caleb Williams is going to want to dictate that he
2: wants to go to his hometown team. But the Bears are no number one overall pick, destination like a normal team would be. They're a seven-win team with the arrow pointing up. They have a pretty good defense, guys. And I think the Bears would be a pretty good landing spot. I get it. I'm no homer in Chicago. I understand they've never developed a quarterback. I understand they've never had a 4,000-yard passer or a 30-touchdown guy here at quarterback. But right now, the Bears are getting their their stuff together, and I think they're going to entice Caleb Williams to want to say yes, but they also have to pick Caleb Williams right now. So yes, they're trying to get him to
1: say, trade me to Washington, but I think they're going to be a pretty good landing spot as well. I mean, do you call Caleb Williams bluff if he actually did that?
2: No, because we live in a world now where these kids get whatever they want, right? You're no longer like you having the number one pick. It's no longer an honor to go play for you you're the team you're the entity in this equation that feels the honor of getting the player you got to sell these kids in high school to come join your college you got to give them nil money you got to get them all set up with a starting gig and if it doesn't work and you don't continue to recruit them while you have them they're going to jump to another team and then possibly another team and then when they go pro they're going to want everything to go their way they're going to want their players around them this is more nba based what i'm laying out but it's going to start happening in the nfl too so good luck Good luck. You got to sell him on why he should go to Chicago. Why shouldn't he tell Chicago to go pound sand if he doesn't want to? What's preventing him from doing that? Is that not a culture guy? Is that an issue? This is a business. If the best business decision for Caleb Williams is to get to Washington rather than Chicago, that's on Chicago for making themselves such a clown car of an organization the last few years that people wouldn't want to play for them.
1: Yeah, and you're you're if you're Caleb Williams, your job is to get to the best situation possible when you look at what's happened with quarterbacks over the last 10 to 15 years and how quickly guys who were first and second and third overall picks are basically seeing their careers end or they f- end up being backups for the longest time because they had three and four coordinators over the span of five seasons. It's it's just killing them. Now, what about the speculation that he may try to force his way there. And again, now it is just pure speculation. Lincoln Riley, his head coach at USC, uh, was on with Pat McAfee just a little while ago addressing that. Yeah,
4: I think it's a total smokescreen. I mean, I think it's people playing the game. Um, Like, knowing Caleb, like, location-wise, I don't think he cares one bit about where he's at. Like, all all of these franchises are in really good cities. Like, really, there's advantages to anywhere that you could go. He wants to win. Uh, he wants to be a guy that's playing in this game, that's getting ready to come up this week. And, and and I think for him, it's less about location, and it's just more about getting in the right situation where he knows he can continue to develop and do the things that he needs to do to help a franchise be successful. And that's it. And he's got a one-track mind that way. So, uh, no, I, I don't think there's any truth to that he wants to win. He's a competitor. Certainly, I know he would love to go first overall. I mean, as any competitor, who wouldn't? Uh, But at the end of the day, it's about winning for him and nothing else.
1: Look, when you look at the guys who have done it, there's no arguing that it has been successful when they've done it. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls with the Giants. John Elway had an incredible career in Denver. Didn't win him until later on. But, I mean, it was the right place for him to be with Dan Reeves to get uh, get his career off to the right spot. So, right start, rather. So... I have no issue whatsoever if Caleb Williams wants to do this. He just needs to be able to handle the heat that's going to come with it for a short period of time. Here's the thing with that, though.
2: Like, Eli forced himself from a bad situation into a good situation. The Giants were a well-run organization back then. They Mm -hmm. had good management. They had a good track record through the decades of drafting good players, putting good defenses out there. You're in the Big Apple. Who's to say Washington is that much better of an option? We can highlight the salary cap space. Doesn't mean they'll spend it properly. We can highlight the draft picks. Doesn't mean they'll draft properly. All all I'd point to if I were Chicago saying, if you're thinking about Washington, uh, weren't they the team that had Ben Johnson in their crosshairs? Didn't they have a three-month head start on everybody when it came to hiring a head coach because they knew Rivera wouldn't be back and they were the last team to hire someone because the guy they thought they had, they couldn't close? Whatever the reason is for that, that didn't look good. And then you came away with Dan Quinn. Okay? Dan Quinn, you're telling me that was your top option? Where do you think Dan Quinn was on the list of coaching candidates that the commanders compiled when they said, here's the order of our top candidates? You think Quinn was in the top three? No. Okay. So I don't think Washington has a great sell job right now in terms of how much better they are than Chicago.
1: Yeah, but the one thing I'll say about that is if Caleb has that tight relationship with Cliff Kingsbury and Kingsbury was insistent on that third year of the contract, which uh, Adam Schefter uh, basically confirmed earlier when he was on with McAfee, then he's not going anywhere for a bit. And at least, at the very least, Caleb Williams can, can, can lock in some consistency. Caleb
2: Williams won a Heisman without Cliff Kingsbury. He did better without him. He had him the next year, and Kingsbury's a bright offensive mind, but it's not like Williams stunk and Kingsbury made his career. Williams was already a star. He had won the most coveted prize in college football, and he had won a lot more games than he did the next year when Kingsbury stepped in. Not on Kingsbury, but it's not as if Kingsbury took his, his brand to the next level.
1: It's Carla versus Joe ESPN radio and on the ESPN app. We told you earlier that Brock party was getting it done brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call click Granger.com or just stop by now in the NBA, everybody is speculating about LeBron James future, but it's really about a conversation on another great player in his era. It's next Carlin vs. Joe on ESPN Radio, including on the TuneIn app.
3: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
2: Curry double step back, takes another three. It's up and done! 60 points for Curry.
1: Steph was incredible. What a performance.
4: It's frustrating. A couple plays here, a couple of plays there. And we're celebrating an individual performance like that, but it just adds to the frustration of our season.
1: You score 60, you hit 10 threes, and you lose. Oof. That's rough. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It has been a rough season for the Warriors. and uh, We'll get to that in a second. Well, hold on. It was only
2: to one. Atlanta. It was only to Atlanta. Oh, that's you know, it's a real team. <laughs> it's like leaving that detail out. Like, he scored 60 against Atlanta, and they lost. And Atlanta's terrible. Atlanta's selling uh-huh. at the
1: deadline. Atlanta has never been in the same sentence as real team. Come on!
2: A couple years ago, it was fun to see them get to the conference finals. Like we I, thought they were going to be something, and then it went
1: horribly wrong. But you know what? That was it was fluky. Yeah, I mean, they had a lot of talent in place, and they have not been able to maximize nope. it at all. Uh, I do got to ask you something over the weekend, though, or just in general philosophy. And if you're not comfortable telling me, that's fine. How much are you paying for a haircut these days? Me? Yeah. Ah,
2: uh, not that much. Not that much. I think it's in the real house. You know, the the number fluctuates because I go every two weeks. So every two weeks, it's full haircut, and then the next two weeks, it's just the sides, and I let the top come up. So that's cheaper. And then in that one, I also get the eyebrows. So there's a whole lot going on financially. I have to break down the itinerary.
1: Well, but just generally, here's here's why I ask. Thirty-five
2: pre-tip. Thirty-five pre-tip, which is wonderful because in San Francisco it was. Oh, my let's God. Let's just say we charts. were, they refused to use clippers on the sides. They insisted on, on because I do the fade. It's just basic yeah. fade, which, yeah. by the way, apparently Travis Kelsey started, which I don't know if you saw that news. I'd say, oh, uh, come on. That's causing a st- lot of
1: problems. Uh, yeah. I, because please. it's inaccurate mostly. That, that is absolutely inaccurate. But yeah,
2: the fade, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Why? You know what I paid for a haircut this weekend? Well, first of all, Me. why are
1: you paying for haircuts?
2: You don't have hair.
1: I, exactly. Well, it grows in on the sides. Yeah. And I'll get the beard trimmed. You know, because when the beard comes in fully, it's there's entirely too much salt versus the pepper and just makes me look older. Oh, um, I I didn't realize you were going for the young look. No, I just said older. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't need to look 65. (laughs) Uh, But I have to say, uh, I was just, I paid $55 to get the clippers and a beard trim. For for completely bald, what the hell is that? That's
2: that's on that's you. That's pre-tip. That's on that's on you. You don't need haircuts anymore. You should. You are at the phase of your life where the benefit to not having hair anymore means not paying for haircuts.
1: Well, why would, would a think. guy with no hair pay for haircuts? Well, what am I am I supposed to just use the razor and shave it completely and cut myself open? Can't or am you I just, supposed to use the clippers every couple of weeks? No, you're married. Like, isn't that part of the whole vows thing? I, I don't want to do that to her. I mean you look at the back of my head, it's like you a slow
2: you wanna slow down your retirement though? You wanna keep paying for haircuts? Listen, I, I agree. I was blown up. You away don't that agree though. You don't agree because you're not doing what I'm suggesting. I wouldn't be spending a dollar on hair or beard at this point. It's yeah. over. Well, I know it's
1: over. Then but what are I you just,
2: spending the money for? You don't know it's over. You keep throwing words at me.
1: The words aren't accurate. The words are accurate. And you. Have, this is how I know you've never lived the life, okay? First of all. I'm clinging, okay? I'm clinging. I'm you're aggressively clinging. clinging. You're, you have a thick, lustrous, beautiful head of hair. You got no problem.
2: Not true. I got the special, uh, the special shampoo spray thing, the dry shampoo that makes yeah. the back where it's starting to thin out. Wife sprays a little bit on there. Oh, you got a little flyer
1: tuck going on in the
2: back. Your you, you boy's got a lot of techniques. It's uh, it's a real Chris Angel production over here.
1: <laughs> well, at least you don't have the two car garage in the front. I mean, going right up the middle there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But my, here's my point: like, just to clip it all off, fifty five dollars. Like, what, what what are we doing here? Yeah, that's And I don't want to make my. I don't want to ask my wife to do it. Like she, like, there's a lot that she's putting up with to begin with. You, you ever try shaving the back of your head when it's like a pack of hot do- hot dogs back there? Yeah, there's a it's rough it's terrain, crevices. It's not it's not smooth terrain at not all. Not exactly the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, come on, uh, you know, it's terra firma back there, and there's all kinds of bumps. And you try doing it, it's not pretty. Uh, fifty five dollars.
2: How often I mean, you you spend the fifty five?
1: Uh, like,
2: uh, 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 it
1: wasn't this much before. Put it that way. How often you get in a haircut? I would say probably once every three weeks, something like that. But Multiply I'll trim out the that beard out. myself.
2: Multiply that out. Think about how you can invest it. Think about the compound interest. Do it over twenty years. Awful decision making on your behalf. Just awful. Thanks for the help. You could shave a year off retirement <laughs> with this. With this, yeah, and I'm not even taking a percentage.
1: And I like your little wordplay there. You can shave a year off. Yeah, of there time. you go. That's how we do. <laughs> it's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM channel. Lady, boy, your Golden State Warriors are a disaster right now. Not good. They cannot get out of their own way. Steph scoring sixty. They're sitting right now in twelfth place in the West, four games under five hundred. All kinds of rumors that they might look at trading Andrew Wiggins because they're trying to maximize this before it's over. It's over, uh, Joe. It's over. Well, this version's
2: over. Steph turns 36 March 14th, okay? You have got a few – Steph's playing at a really high level this year. Let's be very fair to him. Oh, absolutely. 28 points per game. He's shooting 45% from the field. He's shooting 41% from deep. He's giving you everything you need to be a legitimate contender. He's still a superstar. Numbers aren't what they were in the MVP days, but still more than competent, more than capable, more, more, more than likely to open up the rest of the offense for other guys. The rest of this roster is a complete disaster right now. And you got to ask yourself, if your Golden State trade deadline three days away, what are you going to do? Is this going to be, hey, we're going to ride the novelty act like Guns N' Roses the rest of the way out here? And we're going to try to book what we can book and sell what we can sell. Or are we going to go out there and we're going to try to make another run at it? Because they have some really emotional decisions to make. What are you going to do with Klay Thompson? Klay Thompson is shooting a career low this season. It's clear his best days are gone and they're not coming back. All right, Some of the young guys are not panning out. Wiggins has been an abject disaster. Any way you slice it this year, I don't know how much you're going to get for him, but do you really feel comfortable wasting the remaining years of Steph Curry trying to gut it out with the legacy act that won you so much? It's tough. It's an emotional pull. I get it. But they have got to do some serious roster overhauling as fast as possible because no one wants to see Steph Curry not make the playoffs the final three to five years of his career.
1: Uh, listen, I don't disagree with that, but it does feel like you might be doing some shuffling of the deck chairs on the Titanic. It kind of feels that way if you try to do something by Thursday or do something that's going to make a huge difference right now. Just
2: take a step this year and then take another step in the off season, But you got to get moving. You cannot waste next year as well as the following year.
1: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio.
3: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.